Let's go. We see the hype outside. Right from the house. And we're live. Welcome back to Mesco Moguls. It's your boy, the one with the scar in his face. Your boy Scarface. And today we got Jules. What up? We got Weecho. What up? And we got a special guest from Graffiti Beauty and Barber. The rest, the whole team, Troy and Brandy. Hey guys. How are you guys there? Don't be. Ner- they're they're a little nervous. They're a little nervous. <laughs> Everyone that has has came in is a little nervous. But we're just gonna have a conversation. Uh, just kind of get to know you guys and your guys' story because uh, I mention it to Troy all the time. Everybody has a story. And just like Angelica last week, her story was was that crazy. Was awesome. yeah. yeah. So, so yeah. How, how you guys been? Busy summer so far. Busy summer so far. Yeah. I bet. Come on, Troy. And the Troy's yeah. over here. He's like <laughs> super nervous. You're gonna have to sit up a little bit. You're gonna have to sit up a little bit. I'm not gonna lie. I'm a little bit tired. <laughs> I don't know why. What were you doing last night? Baseball. Oh, baseball. Yeah, we were caught up in baseball games. Baseball tournaments. Yeah. 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 Our son won the home run derby. So out of 30 kids, he hit the most home runs over the fence out of 30 kids. He got a trophy. First place got a trophy. Second place got $20. And they handed him the trophy. He goes, Mom, you think I could sell this for $20? (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Yeah, it was awesome. It was really Out of 30 kids? Out of 30 kids, he hit nine home runs over the fence out of 17 pitches. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So we're gonna get into you guys' story. Um, I've known you guys for a little while, but are you guys both from uh, Rexburg, born and raised? Um, I'm actually from Montana. Montana. Born in Utah, raised in Montana. Moved to Rexburg, Idaho, when I was 18, right out of high school. Okay. Troy, I'm from Rexburg. Rexburg, born and raised. Yep. But my parents immigrated from Zacatecas, Mexico. Okay. We mentioned it in the podcast a lot that. When I first started going to you guys, you guys were just like a little little tiny shop. Uh, it was just you, Brandy, and Troy, right? Yeah. yeah was so. it you by yourself first? That... Um, well, let's go back I... a little bit. Let's go back a okay. little bit. When did you guys meet? I met Troy when I was 18. 18? I put myself through beauty school working at Jack in the Box. Okay. And Troy oh, wow. came through the drive-thru. <laughs> <laughs> and it was all done. <laughs> you got that three for one. What, 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 one through ten. What was the what was the pickup she line? She was the one. I mean, my burger was the one. She was the ten. <laughs> was that the pickup line? No, it was not that smooth. It's <laughs> like I think I think I recognize you from somewhere, and I'm like, yeah, you do. <laughs> so met, we're married seven months later. Seven months later, you guys were married. Yep. Oh, and then a month later, we were expecting twins. Oh, dang. So, oh, wow. you're turning 13 here next week. 13? Yeah. yeah 13 years. And how long have you guys been married? So, that means about... It'll be 14 years 14. in September. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dang. Happily married. We won't even answer that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Depends on the day. Depends on the day. <laughs> so, when did... uh? So, did you start graffiti first? Since you went through cosmetology? So, college? I worked... I've worked at a salon since I was 14. Mm-hmm. Um, that was my first job. That was my first um, time that I knew it was what I wanted to do. It was like an instant connection with an industry. And that sounds a little bit weird, but I think that you can have a soulmate with a person, but you can also have like a connection with your job and like a a direction where you want your life to go from the very beginning where everything just lines up and you have to make things happen, but you can't force something that's not meant to be. And make it into a success, I feel like. Yeah. 
So, but you did start it on your own at first. Um, yeah. So our twins were two and, um, I think I was 22 when I opened it and I opened it with a business partner friend of mine, Mm -hmm. um, started it and, um, it was really small. It was like 600 square feet and paid like 400, $500 a month for rent Mm -hmm. and just me and another girl. So, yeah. So when did you decide to go to barber school? So for me, actually, before I even met Brandy, I knew I wanted to be a barber. Um, I didn't dig into it because um, I didn't want to go to a cosmetology school. Um, Like she said, I think for me, it it was meant to be, but I needed guidance to make it happen um i having a wife that was in the same industry um opening a salon literally after she opened her salon i would say it was within maybe six months that i found a barber school right and yeah six months to a year yeah and it was in boise right yeah because i think she opened in 2010 april-ish 2010 um we found I found a we ran into we weren't even looking for it. We ran into a barber school in Salt Lake. Um, I would say late that fall, that next spring, which would be 2011. Um, I was in school okay. May 2011. So and then also a little bird told me that you were a little troublemaker before. Um, I would say I was. I was bad influenced. I felt I I was a follower um, because of what I saw of my influences. Yeah. You know, you you see him driving a nice car. You see, you know, a couple of nice things. So I wanted to, I kind of want to be like that. Yeah. So at what point in time did you change? Um, did, it, did you have to wait until you got into, into like some serious trouble or did you just decide on your own? Yeah. I, uh, so, I don't know, like, at a young age, I knew that I didn't want to do what I was doing because of, um, just, just things that I had seen. My mom, you know, she'd get a little bit upset and cry. I'd see, I saw that quite a bit growing up, um, because of my older sibling. Um, but once again, you know, I... I wanted it and I didn't want it. I thought it was cool, but at the same time, I knew that it wasn't good. Um, so in 2000, or actually when I was 18, I would say summer of that summer, um, we my parents' house got drive by. Um, now, and was this because what you were involved in? Or was it just because who you were associated with? It was a little, yeah. It was who I was socializing with more than anything, I would say. Um, Obviously, I had some involvement also Mm -hmm. because I was socializing with them. Um, The the target was not me, but they knew that I would had connections with the, the individual. And they found my house first. And... Um... They, I would say they unloaded a few clips from what I can remember. And how did that, like when that happened, were you, did you say, I need to change it? I need to change this? I need to, like, 
Um, I was already, I was already changing. Um, I didn't know exactly what to do to change. Um, you just knew you didn't want to be involved in. Yeah, in I that. already knew. I already kind of knew that I was. That's no. not where I wanted to be anymore. And I think that was what made the change. After that, I I asked my friends to come together to. Um, basically, I was going to let them know that I was done doing that stuff. And from that point on, they, some of them made fun of me. Some of them had different nicknames for me because of the change I was, I was making. And um, some of them supported me. Yeah. Some of them were, were completely fine with it. Matter of fact, I would say that from that point on, not only me, but other, others also made slight changes. Mm-hmm. You're kind of like the leader of that. They saw that they got yeah. out of it. Yeah. And you said this was when you were around 18? I was 18. Were you guys together? No. Not at that time? He, no. No, yeah, something, I remember in high school that I was hanging around with people. I, they were just getting in trouble. They were a bad influence, right? So I also wanted to change. I didn't, I didn't like that. I didn't, I, I never, I didn't wait until I got in trouble, into trouble in order for me to, to say like, oh no, like this ain't the line. It just wasn't me. I didn't like doing what they were doing. They were out just like fighting. And luckily, that was when I met Julio. We were playing church ball, and we were, we would just we just started hanging out. And then I I started changing the way I dressed because I only dressed the way the whole cholo looked just because <laughs> they were dressing like that, and I wanted to fit in. So of course you're gonna dress just like them. Yeah, peer pressure. I never liked dressing like that at all. And then finally, I started changing the way I dress, and the same thing started happening. People were like, "Man, you dress like these preppy, preppy kids and things like that." And but I was like, "That's the, that's how I like to dress." How you want to be, you know? Yeah, this is how I've always wanted to dress. I just never dressed like that because of them. Right. I remember Edgar bald, <laughs> solos. You know, so, yeah, I, was, I was like straight cholo. You know, baggy pants and baggy shirts. I was like, "Damn, is this guy over here?" <laughs> yeah, but I didn't like it. You know what I mean? That, that wasn't me. It's funny because I actually really liked it. Did you? I love the solos it. and the GSS yeah. and five hundred one jeans with a pair of Chuck Taylors or Cortezes with a white T shirt and a bald head. <laughs> Did you have a bald head? Oh yeah. Now he has rocking the braids. And I tried the preppy. I tried the Abercrombie and Fitch, the buckled jeans, the, all that, and I knew for. I tried that. I would say for about two years, and I knew that wasn't me. Yeah. So I had to adjust to what was more... Make a hybrid? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I made a hybrid. <laughs> what about you, Brandy? How, how was... How was uh, did you get into any sort of trouble? Um, yeah, I did. Were you... I, uh, I actually spent 12 and a half months in a... I don't know, what would you call it? Like a... Almost like an inpatient... It was a rehab. It was a rehab. Oh, okay. So, but I was young. I was 15. No. Spent 12 months there. And I kind of just looked around early on in that journey and said, I don't want to put myself in situations to be around these type of people with these type of goals and these type of mindsets. This isn't where I belong. And looking at the mindsets and the people around me are what got me out of that. I wanted more for myself. Yeah. So, so did you stumble upon the job of working at a salon or did you like want to work at a salon and then 
So I went in when I was 14 to a salon, and it was one of the bigger salons in Montana, mm. which isn't very big, obviously. Mm. But um, I went in, and I asked her if she was hiring, and she said no. Um, so I went back a few days later and said, listen, I'll dust your shelves and I'll clean your bathroom mm. two hours a week. She said, okay, I'll give you that. Well, when I was dusting shelves and the phone was ringing, I'd pick it up, mm. you know, kind of work my way in. She slowly started giving me more hours. Um, I just kind of took the initiative. I wanted to work there. So I kind of forced my way into the door mm. of that. And by the end, I was helping her do things. I was helping her braid. I'm really fast at braiding. Um, I was helping her braid and she was taking me to hair shows. Mm -hmm. So 14, 15, I was going to these hair shows with her. Um, and even though I was getting into trouble, it still gave me a little bit of a focus. Yeah. So even when I was in the, um, the rehab, mm -hmm. I was, you know, tweezing the girl's eyebrows and mm -hmm. cutting my, uh, staff members hair mm -hmm. and like they would bring colors for me to put in their hair at work. And so I've always kind of been involved in that. Mm -hmm. But it was also a foot in the door of um, getting me into trouble. Mm. So um, the the um, industry of doing hair and barbering isn't always the most clean cut industry. Mm -hmm. um, and so we've we've made it a goal of ours to just be positive in this space, be positive influence for others and create a positive, safe atmosphere for people to not only come get their hair done, but also to work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're at barber school now. Mm -hmm. Like, how, how was that in Boise? Were you guys together at the time? Like when We were married. Um, we had actually had our youngest, mm -hmm. Isaiah. So he was gone. So he was gone. So I had two three-year-olds and a newborn. He was five months when Troy left yeah. for Boise. Yeah, he was born in October. And I left Boise in May of that following year. How was that? So he was a baby. How was yeah. that? Like being away? Like... It was tough. It was tough times. I wanted it's... to back out a few times. Yeah, because uh, just so people get an idea, Boise is about four and a half hours away. Well, a little bit longer for Rexburg. Yeah. But it, it's, it's like a five-hour drive, so yeah. you can't come and visit all the time. Did you come visit her on the weekends or once a month? Or... Um. So that was... Probably, I, I would say that financially, it was one of the toughest times. Oh, mm -hmm. um, we had a house. Uh, I had bought a vehicle that I probably shouldn't have bought at that time. So, oh. <laughs> um, And then going to Boise, um, it was tough. I actually donated plasma. Did you? To make rent and to eat and to have gas money to come For financially. Come home. Yeah. So I would say, what, maybe three times was the times that I came Yeah, during school. But also, they had to change the Idaho State Board laws because of Troy. Because he got there and he was motivated to get done. Yeah. So mm -hmm. he was one of the people who got through barber school the fastest. And because of how fast he got through his hours, they had to change the law. Oh, so wow. he did a six-month program in a little over four months. Oh, dang. Because yeah. he was, he he was, was grinding. All, it was he funny. Was we had a time frame, though, too. <laughs> yeah, it was funny because uh, when we started, they asked you to put your goal and date. So I already knew what day. You I had a date set. It wasn't even a goal date. I had to be home by that day. Mm. 
Um, because at the same time, I was a drug prevention facilitator here in Idaho Falls. And I put my goal date on it. And all everybody who started with me, the director, the administrators, they looked at it and they're like, uh, that's four months from now. Like, <laughs> they pretty much laughed at me. And I was like, no, like, I have to be gone by that time. So I actually ended on that day. That was my last day, which was September 17th. September 17th? Mm-hmm. So um, I, mean, I you mentioned that it made you want to quit. You felt like quitting a few times? I, I, was, I felt like quitting before I even left. Um, the money was a big problem. It, I just, you know, I was counting on uh, tax money. <laughs> <laughs> and plasma? I was I was counting no, I was counting on my tax refund to help me pay for school. Like I had saved the amount to pay for school and the tax refund that I was supposed to get that spring was gonna help pay, you know, have a little bit of money to pay my bills and go to school. So early spring we find out that actually I think it was even earlier than spring. Um, probably middle of the winter, we found out that I wasn't getting a tax refund because I had defaulted on my school loans. So they literally took everything. The whole tax refund? Yeah. And that was before you left to school or while you were at school? This is before I left to school. I was supposed to leave in May and I'm told that I'm not getting a tax refund, I would say early that winter. So I tell Brandy, I'm like, we're not getting a tax refund. I think I should wait another year. And she's like, no, You're, we'll figure it out. Let's just grind. And that's what we did. I saved every dime I made up until May. So I basically saved enough to get us through half of that summer. And... My first week, I, my first, I would say, couple weeks of school, um, I failed a couple of tests. Um, and I'm like, I can't do this. Like, I can't. Because I was trying to work over there, find a job, because I was worried that I wasn't going to be able to make my bills at home. So all this turmoil going yeah, on in my head. Yeah, your mind was on the yeah, bills and all that. And I, c- I wasn't doing anything. I wasn't working. I wasn't passing my tests. I call Brandy. She's like, listen, I got this. I will handle the bills out here. I'll figure it out so that you can just go to school, just focus in school. And from that point on, I I was acing my tests. I was doing really well with school. Um, I was really focused. I didn't, I, I didn't skip for nothing. Like I went to school Monday through Saturday. If I could do anything extra, I was doing all the extra things I could do to get a little more time to get, you know, more skills in. And so during this time, Brandy, how, how was it back home? Like you have, you, you said it was a three month old. Yeah. Five the, month. Yeah. F- five month. So that kid, um, is a mama's boy. And so he was raised in the salon. Isaiah, she's talking Isaiah, about. Isaiah, yeah, he uh, he would never go with anybody. He would never even like take a bottle, take a binky, like he, say hi. No, like he 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 didn't even like Troy for two years. 
I'm not kidding. <laughs> so, um, I started working again when he was three weeks old because I found out I was pregnant at the day after I signed the lease on the building. Dang. But I'm, I'm the type of person that like, if I have my mind to set some, to something, mm -hmm. I have tunnel vision. And there's nothing that can deter me from what it is that I want when I want it. That can be a good thing and a bad thing. Mm. Um, but that's where Troy and I balance each other out. Mm. Sometimes he has to convince me that I don't want things that I think I do. <laughs> but I like, I just zero in on something and it's kind of like an obsession for me. Mm -hmm. um, so I opened it when, like by the time I opened my doors, I was six and a half months pregnant. Worked until a Tuesday, had him on Thursday, and then um, came back three weeks later, and that was because I'm just, I'm a better mom, I'm a better wife, I'm a better person when I have that work. Yeah. It, it fulfills me in a way that, like, it's me going out and fulfilling something within myself. Mm -hmm. I don't need to get that from somebody else. And I think that's hard for women to find. Yeah. So he came to work with me, three weeks old. I tie him on my chest, wear him in a backpack, and cut hair all day. And he behaved pretty well. Um, most days, yeah. Like I, I altered my schedule and that type of thing. And then my two three-year-olds would play in the wax room, and then we. But you just survival. Like looking back on it now, I'm like, how the heck did we do that? But when we were going through it, it was just you wake up and this is what you do. This is how you survive. This is how you progress. This is the sacrifices we need to make to get to where we need to be in life. So, and it was amazing because like I said, everything just fell in place. As soon as he stopped looking for a job, he, he started acing his tests. And I was looking at my taxes and my income that I was doing at the salon during those months he was in school almost doubled. Like it was, that's when the salon started taking off and I was also able to market for him when he got back. I'd cut these guys hair and I'd be like, you know what, I can give you a pretty good haircut, but wait till my husband gets here. So he had a list of guys waiting for him. Like that was all set up. So, so as soon as he got, so as soon as you graduated, did you pass all, cause I know afterwards you have some, some yeah, exams. Yeah. Did you pass them? Yeah. Like for me, um, time was money. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't only money. It was it was time that I had missed out with the, the kid, my kids, my family. So um, it was really important for me to to just you know study hard so that I didn't have to retake that test. You know, I wanted it to be done. So yeah, it, first first uh, try for my practical test and my written test, I passed them. Um, I was cutting hair pretty. I would say what maybe two or three weeks after. Yeah. After so no, I had finished school but he and still, passed my test, he still wasn't like all in yet. Yeah, I wasn't all in because, like I said earlier, um, I was a drug prevention facilitator and I had a ten-year contract with the state of Idaho to to be a prevention facilitator for. Um, basically this area Idaho Falls area mm -hmm. I traveled five different junior high schools and talked and mentored um seventh and eighth graders so that was preventing you from going full-time yeah well here's the thing when I when I became a barber I didn't become a barber because I wanted a new career mm -hmm. 
I didn't become a barber because I wanted to make money. I became a barber because I had extra time. My schedule with the prevention um, was a, a teacher schedule. So it was roughly from eight to three. Mm -hmm. um, give or take some, some days like Fridays, I was done by like one o'clock. So I would go home and mow my lawn like three or four times a week. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why you did it during the summer. Though. Yeah. So, um, I, yeah, I, I would do that over the summer and do it all on my extra time no, I mean, that like I had. Barber school. That's why you did it. Over yeah, the yeah. summer. Yep. And that's why I had to be back. Yeah. Like it wasn't a goal. It was a goal, but it wasn't because I had to be back because those classes started during that time. So was, there was no questions asked. I had to be back at that time. I had to be finished with barber school. And I couldn't just leave barber school hanging. I didn't want to go to barber school, leave it hanging for the following year. Like, I had to have it done yeah. during that time period. So were, was it just you or did you still have your partner at the time when Troy I came I still had my partner at the time. Here's, so here's the other thing that kind of helped us get through that first couple years is... Um, and Troy's helped me with this a lot is we save our money. Um, I think you can make six figures and still be poor yeah. because of money management. Yeah. Money management is key in everything. And I've seen that with Troy's parents being immigrants and coming here illegally. Um, they made next to nothing, but anything excess that they had, they saved. Mm. So when I opened the salon, I had worked for like two years to save $3,000. That was like my life savings. Mm -hmm. And Troy, he, you know, he grinded it out and he saved all of his tuition. So when he came and said, I have four months to do this program. And they're like, no, you can't do it. No, you can't do it. And he's like, I have four months to do this program and I will pay tuition cash right now. Oh, okay. <laughs> we'll make yeah. it happen. So I came in with $3,000, my business partner came in with $3,000, and we literally opened graffiti with like $6,000 and used equipment, furniture from DI, like you just did what you have to do. Again, like tunnel vision, you can't let little excuses stop you from the bigger picture. Yeah. So my business partner and I were in business for about six months after Troy came, and then at that point... One of us was progressing and one of us wasn't as far as a business relationship. And I just said, listen, um, as far as a partnership, this isn't working out. Um, either you buy me out or I buy you out. And she just said, you and I both know that you're going to buy me out. I said, let's give it a six weeks. Let's give it six more weeks. You give it all you got and then we'll reconvene after that. And at six weeks, we met, and I said, how do you think it's going? And she goes, I think it's going really well. And I'm like, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> at least you were honest. <clears throat> yeah. And um, she owed the business a lot of money because I had carried. I was paying both of our overheads. Yeah. Oh, wow. So I'm like. She wasn't feeling that stress. She wasn't feeling it. So, of course, so she thought it was. going well. She thought it was going <laughs> it's going well. great. Of course, it's going great. Good. I'm paying for everything. So. Um, at that point, I added up what she owed the business and took it away from what she invested in the business and said, this is what I'll pay you to just leave. And she agreed? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dang. And so from then on out, it's 
it was Troy and I, and then uh, we added Weech came the trio for a few years. Was it all like bells and whistles when you guys were working together? Because I know working together like and, and being in a relationship can have its ups and downs. It's been a while, but if I just kind of thought about that era when we first started, I would say it was it was a lot more positive than negative. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you have your little things that you have to work out here and there relationship-wise, and now we're in business together, so a little bit of business, but I can't think of anything negative that I, at that time, that no. I would say that it was just bad. I don't think we'd be where we're at if there was a lot more negative than positive. Yeah, because... I'm not going to point a finger, but <laughs> sometimes working with somebody, it doesn't work out. You know what I mean? Like, so it just depends on the two, like the two different people. Of, if you guys can make it work, look at you guys. And the honest truth now. is I, I loved working. I, I've loved and I continue to love working with her. <laughs> so I, <laughs> I no comment. To, uh-huh. it's like, agree. <laughs> it's cool. We, we have a great dynamic together. We, um, I don't know. I guess the vibes are, are better. We we vibe off of each other, and it creates the the feelings that go around in the shop. Yeah. So why why the name graffiti? And I was gonna ask that too because Troy always talks about it, and she's like, I'm not really sure why Brandon called it graffiti. <laughs> yeah, because wanna... it's like graffiti in Rexburg is like considered like ghetto or do you, it's like trouble. But what? Where did the name come from? Um. So me being from Montana, I'm from like a small small town. But I was, like, the only one in high school wearing, like, skinny jeans, stilettos, and fur vests. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't enjoy being from a small town. I wanted culture. I wanted um, more in life. And that's, I saw Troy and I was like, I. <laughs> <laughs> I want that Dominican. <laughs> yeah, right? No, no, mind. But um, one summer we went, we were actually living in Roswell, New Mexico, which was rough. Mm-hmm. Um, we were in a one bedroom apartment with our twins, um, cockroach infested. Like oh, this man. was, this was rough. It was the get. It was rough. And I couldn't really go and do a lot. We were poor. We had one car. And it wasn't safe for me to go out with the kids a lot of places. So, like, when I would work out, I would literally run laps around the apartment complex. And I wouldn't leave, you know. Um, I have to be busy. I'm just, my mind just spins if I'm not busy. And all that summer, I researched different concepts and different designs and different plans and I had worked at a salon for two years and I I would see men come into the salon to get their hair cut and they'd be like do you guys cut no. men's hair like everything was frou-frou and like girly mm. and like totally geared towards women and I decided I wanted something that even if you just walked in and we didn't have time to cut your hair you would want to come back mm-hmm. from the atmosphere and from the environment and um I kicked around some ideas and I wanted, like, when you walk into graffiti and you see the artwork, you're not going to forget it, even if you didn't get your hair cut. Um, and you guys have been there, you know, like, man, woman, kid, um, elderly, like, everybody yeah. comes. Everybody's invited. And so 
I wanted something different for Rexburg. I wanted to bring culture. I wanted to bring art. I wanted to bring um, a safe place that anybody was um, could feel comfortable and accepted, no matter who you were. Because where we live is is kind of a bubble. Um, culturally, it's lacking, and so I didn't necessarily want to end up in Rexburg for forever. But I feel like when I'm at work, we've created a culture that I feel like takes me outside. Mm-hmm. So, yes. yeah, that's where graffiti came from. As soon as I saw it, I was like, this is it. Yeah. And I remember we were painting all the different. You remember the old one had yeah. like purple and yellow and pink. And Troy walked in and goes, this looks like an Easter egg. <laughs> what the <laughs> heck are you doing? <laughs> But also, Troy, uh, risk scares Troy a little bit. So he wasn't completely on board with Mm -hmm. me opening the shop yet. Yeah. Well, yeah, you got to think back. Like, you have no money, and now you're dropping with the money you do have into something that doesn't really exist in Rexburg. Yeah. Or may not be accepted. Yeah, or or you don't know. I was afraid of the acceptance. Yeah. Because... I like graffiti. Vandalism graffiti. (laughs) (laughs) Got me in trouble. Was was part of it. So I was thinking that she was a little bit crazy with bringing a graffiti concept into Rexburg with the the type of community that I thought it was. I thought it wasn't going to be accepted very well. Just because of that... The whole stigma of graffiti, you think? Yeah. Did you think people are going to look at us like we're like bad. Get ghetto, yeah, bad, bad, yeah. bad influences, like that? I, I really did think that. Yeah, I remember when uh, Julio and I first went to the shop, he, he told me the name. But I'll never forget the part. He's like, oh, I think he's Dominican. That's why I always say that Troy's Dominican because he's like, I think he's Dominican. And then I show up and... I was like, well, he's dark. <laughs> so he probably is Dominican. So the, for the longest time, I thought you were Dominican. Just because Julio told me. We even just walked into the old shop having like good vibe. You yeah, know, yeah. Troy was there. Wish was there. And then kind of seeing everything around it in the shop was pretty dope. But this new one is like even like better, you know? Yeah, it's like modern. It's like minor. Like, it's oh, aged. You know? exactly. It's not bright. It's Did like, you guys get nervous nice. adding to the first? Because um, anytime you do something, grew. like even when I got this, you get... You get nervous. You're like, what if it doesn't work out? Or what if it doesn't pan out? Or am I supposed to do it? You know, I know you guys added the beauty side. So, again, backtracking a little bit. Um, I feel like we had a vision that I don't know if she knew what I was visualizing. And I don't know if she, if she knew or if I knew what she was visualizing. Mm-hmm. But now that if you've been to our new shop, the vision that I had is definitely what we're what we're doing right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember I actually walked into I so I would shadow different barbers in Boise, and I shadowed a shop called Clip, Clippers. And I don't know if their concept was this, but this is what I saw. I walked in, and there. The, the first door was a barbershop. And then I noticed that this lady dropped off her son 
and she went to the back. And after I had shadowed that shop, I remember asking like, what happens back there? And I remember kind of peeking back there and it was uh, like a salon, I think. I think it might've been nails or anyways. So I knew immediately because Brandy was doing the same stuff that that's what I, I think I even called you. I'm like, mm-hmm. girl, like I walked into this place and this is, this is what we need to do. Like, I love this, like this concept of, having both of it together, but being separate at the same time. Mm -hmm. Is that what you had in mind too? No, what I had in mind, I had a dream. So I set a goal when I was 18 to open a salon by the time I was 21. Mm -hmm. I wasn't planning on being married with three kids by the time (laughs) I was 22. So I was happy with the first shop. I was like, I did it. And then um, we, we, we expanded it shortly after you got there, right? Mm-hmm. The first yeah. expansion. I was already there when they had a, you guys took the wall down. Okay, so what what we do is, I earn money and I save and I save and I save and as I save, I noticed that we were kind of starting to grow out of our space, mm-hmm. and um, the people next to us in the little like strip mall thing moved out. And as soon as they moved out, I mean, we moved there not because it was prime location or because it was the nicest place in Rexburg. We moved there because it was the cheapest rent. Yeah. It was back in this awkward little corner and still we were there for nine years and people were like, I didn't know you guys were back here. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, you have to be invited in. It's like, <laughs> it's a club. Yeah. Um, so we did as most with the space that we had as possible. So we broke that wall down. We got creative with the layout and everything. Um, and we expanded as we could afford to expand. Mm -hmm. And then that was three years in that we did that. And then two years later, all my chairs were full again. And I'm like, okay, time to expand again. So I expanded again. And at that time we had three barber's chairs and five stylist chairs in that little space that we had. And, um... I had just expanded when we were approached by some of our clients saying, we want to buy you guys a building. Oh, dang. Like commercial loans for self-employed are really hard to get, especially at a grand scale. Mm. Um, and so we talked about it and I'm always down for like a new adventure, especially when it comes to progressing and expanding. I'm like, yeah, let's do it. Very first time we met and Troy's like, let's go home and yeah. talk about this. Let's like, Troy's the safety. He's like, like whoa, whoa. Let me break my piggy bank and see if this is actually doable. I'm the same way with me and Lily. We're just like that. She, really? New stuff. I'm like, well, let's think about it. Let's kind of talk about it first. Let's kind of like go from there. But yeah, we're the same way. <laughs> but I think that like our minds, especially as we get older, we talk ourselves out of big things. And I think that if I hadn't opened the shop when I was 22 and I didn't have those um, guards up in my mind that we may not have ever opened it. We Mm -hmm. may have stopped ourselves from going there. Mm -hmm. And so um, if I feel like if you think too long and hard about it, all you're going to do is talk yourself out of making big risks. And you know what? If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Um, But at the same time, failure is not an option. And that's what I told him. I said, listen, even if nobody else is in there, I can fit in two extra clients a day and make this work. 
Like if nobody else is working for us and it's just you and me, I will make this work. And I'll never forget the meeting that we decided it. And he just sat back and goes, you know what? If she says that she can do it, then let's do it. Like she can do it. Yeah. And so that faith, and that's why we work well together. Yeah. That support, like, I think sometimes I believe that he can do more than he believes he can. But I feel like that's my job is to push him. And then his job is to maybe pull me back to reality every once in a while. Yeah. But we even each other out. And that's mm-hmm. that's a good relationship is somebody that makes you better, that pushes you out of your comfort zone. And he definitely, like, makes me a better person, not only in the profession, but, like, a better mother, a better spouse, and a better person. Yeah. So. Well, who brought up the idea? I mean, you said someone uh, contacted you guys about buying a building. Were you guys both on board? Or was Troy like, I don't know? Was Brandy like, yes, let's do it? (laughs) How did that go? Well, I think think you kind of answered that. Yeah. You know, like, she's on board 100%. Were you like Echo? I'm the one that will break things apart and twist them in different ways to see if it's going to work. Look at every possible every angle and, yeah. like I I just analyze everything and I don't even know why because I don't know much about business. <laughs> <laughs> so I I'm analyzing something that I don't even really understand. But there's certain things that I do understand, and and those are like good feelings, mm-hmm. good vibes. So, um, when the feeling was right, I I jump on on feelings. Like mm-hmm. I make a lot of decisions based on feelings, and when those feelings aligned amongst everybody that was in that on in, on around that table, it was a done deal. Yeah, um, and I know Brandy. Once I say it's a go, she's already <laughs> already planned so out. She's already. Let me show you my plan. <laughs> Literally. Well, here's the thing, though. That was probably the third or fourth investor that had impro- approached us. Oh wow! And they wouldn't have been a good fit. And that's the thing is, every single one that approaches, I'm like, yeah, that sounds good. Mm-hmm. And Troy's like, I don't feel right. And so it's taken me a lot of years to step back and be like, okay, I'm brokenhearted, but I trust you. Mm-hmm. That it will happen in time. It will happen how it's supposed to happen. And this time it did. It did align and it did like he said go and we went. So Yeah, I remember we were in Cali uh, at that time when yeah. you were just like looking at different shops. Oh, yeah. He's like, oh, this. He, he kept calling you. Yeah, I remember. He's like, oh, I like this. Like, we should think about this. And then he's all taking pictures of mm-hmm. different types of woods, different designs. So I'm yeah, proud to say. that was no joke. Like, like that trip, I mean, it was a bigger deal than I think we thought it was. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a lot going down on, on that trip. Like, as far as mental-wise, like, for the decision that we had made to to buy a commercial building and bring this all these cultures together mm-hmm. in Rexburg. So I mean that that just that walk down what was it which was it is it Fairfax? Oh yeah, Fairfax and Melrose. Yeah, I Melrose. mean that it was a big deal. Just that's that simple walk, walking through the shops, looking at how how things were done there and that's that's what we wanted. Yeah, because what I noticed when we were there, uh, we were like 
we would go to the store. We would look at clothes and stuff, and he's just looking at the like the building, <laughs> the, the floor, and the floor. <laughs> design. Yeah, yeah. The, the design. He's like, I like this layout here, and like not even paying attention to mm-hmm. like the clothes. Like he would look at it here and there, but he was just like so like it looked like he was focused on yeah. what he wanted for the like shop. the Jordan store, the shoes hanging out, yeah. like that's pretty dope. I think you guys can actually see all those yeah. oh, yeah. our, our vision come together yeah. in our shop. I forgot what store we went to where they didn't have the the ceiling. Yeah, and you're like, I, I like that. Uh, round two was it? Round they two painted it red. Yeah, yeah, because it was just you're like, I like this whole like open you can ceiling. See, yeah, yeah, open ceiling. You can see through. And that's the thing is, he called me and told me that, and I was like, wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? You We're gonna take us. the ceiling off and then not cover anything mm. like and so he sent me pictures and i could see the vision and a lot of people come in and they're like who designed this for you mm-hmm. and i'm like no we we did this we did it according to like our creativity like yeah. our design of our building is an extension of our like artistic creativity and it just you walk in and it feels like us yeah. it almost feels like home yeah, and I felt like you guys made the right decision to knock down those barber poles that you guys had in the mm-hmm. beginning. Because now it feels open. Now it feels like you can include yeah. everybody. Kind of like in the first shop, you would yeah. come and show oh, up yeah, and you could still you. talk. I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and then uh, the way you guys had it laid out at first, it looked cool. It was a cool concept. But, it was more personal. But yeah, for, personal. for a barber shop, I felt like what you guys have now is is yeah the way to go. Because now you can just show up and you can talk, you yeah. know, and... Not feel like you're not included in... Not in go through covers. a maze. Yeah, not go through a maze. <laughs> and, and that was probably the one, like, design flaw mm. that yeah. we had, but it but was... either way, it's nice to just try it out and see if it works. Yeah, because... Yeah. Exactly. Whether or not you'd be like, no, we should have done it this way, and you oh, never change know. it. Yeah. 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 And it's, it's our building now, so yeah. to reinvest into it and make it better, it's like... It's our retirement. It's our long-term future. It's maybe our legacy we pass down to our kids. Like, this is long-term... This is, you know, the start of maybe Big something games, else. I think. <laughs> yeah, I think it. Yeah, what's your plans already? Because <laughs> the thing is, like we we've said earlier, like I feel like we bring in a lot of culture oh, you together. Do. I mean, if you've been in, you already know. Like we like um, Nike. Okay, we like the Nike concept. We like the Jordan concept. All that. So. So you walk into the shop, you're gonna feel that. So now everybody who f- who likes that same concept wants to come in, wants to show off their new Jordans, wants to you know wear their new Nike gear, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, not only that, you know, like like just art in general, it it's so broad. Like it's not just about picking up a pencil and drawing on a piece of paper, you know, something cool. It's it's hair, it's shoes, it's photography videography and it just goes on forever so i love that we are able to capture i would say um artistry yeah all in four walls yeah and so i want to go back a little bit you guys finished the building the new building it's amazing we're all going but then something nobody expected happened COVID hit. Hmm. How how was that like during that time? Like knowing that you just had a you got a brand new building. How long was it open before you? We opened in September and we closed in March. Yeah, see, so like not even a, a full well, year. It's funny because when we were talking about numbers, so 
like as soon as I'm presented with something, I add up all the numbers. So I know how much the monthly cost will be and then I'll divide it by how much we charge a haircut. Mm -hmm. And I say, okay, I have to do 25 haircuts in a month to make this bill. That's X amount of haircuts a day. That's X amount of haircuts a week. And I break it down like that. So I was showing those numbers to Troy and I'd be like, I can do this. Even if nobody works for us, you and I can pay for this building. Worst case scenario, I'm the only one working and I can pay for it. Well, that wasn't the worst case scenario. (laughs) (laughs) And when COVID hit and we were ordered to shut down, I was freaking out because me being the risk taker, I literally put every dime I had into that building. And like I, I hadn't, I still haven't written myself a paycheck in a year and a half. Because it's all like going into the little details that reinvested. you can't. Yeah. yeah, I've reinvested everything I have. So 10 years of business and the building is what I have to show for it. Yeah. Not like, I don't know. Um, and so I was like devastated. And I, I'm not going to lie. I moped for like two days. And Charles like, you know what? We're not going to do this. We're not going to mope and sit here and feel sorry for ourselves. Let's get up. Let's go ride four-wheelers. Let's take the kids fishing. Like, let's go. Yeah. And um, lucky enough for me, my safety net, Troy, was prepared. And uh, he kind of bailed me out there. (laughs) Yeah, because I was like, uh, brand new building. Like, I'm sure you guys invested a lot of money into it because you can tell right away. But then all of a sudden you got to close it and you yeah. can't cut hair. Yeah. And we went from zero debt for being open nine years with no debt to like on that 10th year taking on a whole lot of debt. Taking and it was, way. I was, yeah, I yeah. was stressing. Yeah. Because I, I remember, uh, I mean, we tried, I tried to help out as much as I could, mm-hmm. but there was places that closed down. Like there was a, a new store in Blackfoot that was going to open up. And they, when they reopened Idaho, they opened up just a few days just to sell whatever they had because they went bankrupt during that time. <laughs> Brand new, like, the store's not even open and they went bankrupt, you know? Yeah. So I was like, to, to like people like you, I was like, dang, like, that sucks. So even Leo, he was uh, helping out local restaurants, like ordering, buying us all food and, yeah. and things like that. So uh, I was getting, like, nervous. Like, what, what are you going to do? Like, <laughs> Our it clients, was a nervous time for sure. Yeah. But our clients stepped up too. Yeah. Like I had clients texting me being like, I would have gotten my hair done today. What's your Venmo? And like our clients Venmoed me like, hey, I had an eyelash fill today. Sorry. No, you're It makes fine. me emotional. Um, we tried to build something within the community to expand people's horizons. Yeah. And it came back in a way that I wasn't expecting. Yeah. Like, people were buying shampoo and conditioner from me when I knew they didn't need shampoo and conditioner. Um, I mixed up color kits. And people were buying color kits. They were buying, like, by the time we reopened, um, I had to buy all new retail inventory because I had sold everything. So, like, our community, it made a big difference. No, yeah, and especially with your shop because even – where I work at at Tops, since we have like, we're great with the whoever buys our knives, the customer mm-hmm. service. They were buying it through us directly through us just to help. Yeah. So like I I get where that's coming from, and that took years yeah. of work. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Yeah, you gain their respect, and and they just step 
step up. You yeah. Know, this is good feeling. And I mean, Lando Laces did a fundraiser for us. Yeah, yeah. I've seen like it's great. Everyone tries yeah. to step up, help out when they don't have to. Like they no. And you guys didn't like you. You're not like oh, I cut your hair. You yeah, always. It's not just like you providing that service or you selling them something. You you like you have that connection with them. You build a relationship like an everlasting relationship. You don't. You're not just their barber. You're their therapist. You're their their friends in time of need you're you know you're their lawn mowing person you know when yeah. they can't yeah. get to theirs you know or sometimes you're their last haircut they ever get yeah sometimes um i mean we we've been open for 10 years now and so we're starting to cut different generations of one family mm-hmm. and then um yeah so it's it's not just hair yeah it's not well, yeah, look at us. Like, we went from not even knowing each other to a few years later. Like, I'm the only people I hang out with is right here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, because you, you go to realize, like, who's actually there for you, who's actually there, like, to help you build, and they're the people who are just there for a good time. Like, well, and at the same time, like, it's fun to place yourself around people that you can watch grow. Oh, yeah. Like, we had dinner for Julio. Was it your birthday, birthday. that we went? Yeah. yeah. And we were talking about building your business and legitimizing your business. And within six months, look at you. Like, yeah. you've got an office space. We're in your space. office like, space. <laughs> you actually, like, there's certain people in your life that you can tell things and they ask your advice. And then you know it's just, like, in one ear and out the yeah. other. It's like small talk. Yeah. yeah. But you, like, people in this room want to see each other succeed. Oh, yeah. And want to push each other to succeed. And that's huge. That's huge. Really you build is. off of each other. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, like what you do builds me, and what I do builds you, and then it's like an ongoing thing that, and you just get a little bit bigger and bigger and bigger, and I, it's kind of cool. Yeah, I still remember that conversation, like when you guys were telling me, like I was taking it all in. Yeah. Like, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, we can tell. We're sitting in your office. <laughs> it's like we're sitting in your office right now. And I've had meetings in here with, like, clients and stuff like that. And it just makes me feel a little bit more professional. Me, personally, I want to thank you guys because you, you guys give me advice when I don't even ask for it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, But, like, you guys are wanting to, like, help me grow, which, you know, how can you – you can't pay for somebody for that. You know what I mean? So I, I want to thank you guys for – Yeah, I even remember when you were going to sign your lease for your other office space. Yeah, he – like, do what you think is right for you because you know yourself best, but I don't feel it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did say that. He gave me he gave me his whole feeling uh, thing. Do you know what? Troy's intuition is on point every time. Yeah. And unfortunately, it took me like 10 to 13 years <laughs> <laughs> to figure it out. But yeah. he's he is so intuitive about a person, a business deal, a anything and so when he speaks you just gotta yeah be like okay yeah and i'm glad you guys came on because everyone thinks that you opened a shop and it blew up it was so easy accidental accidental <laughs> like it was nothing but i mean you listen to angelica's podcast like yeah. everyone thinks that she just went to school got a job and she's living life but it, she, there's a struggle there there's a yeah there's like i didn't even know about the whole like you guys had kids. Like you took over the business. You like, or at that time, and trying to make it work, pushing Troy to finish it. Because if if you would have never pushed him, he probably wouldn't 
than a barber right now or where he's at right now because everything Weech says it a lot he feels you know and then also Troy that everything falls in line mm-hmm. like when it's supposed to mm-hmm. so that's why I'm glad you guys came on because there's a lot of barbers coming out now and I'm pretty sure most of them will listen to it just because you know the whole graffiti name uh, that's going to be attached to this podcast name and just so they can see like it's not if, if you put in the work you can get to where you want to really get it isn't but if you if you think you're gonna come out of school and expect success, you're in for, for they don't a huge disappointment. That, you know, we're ten years deep yeah. into this. Yeah, it's it wasn't like one day we woke up, we have a commercial building and you know, it's it was not given to us. I mean, Weech has been able to see a yeah. lot of that process too. Yeah. And you even know. when he he even mentioned it too that he it's a lot of sitting around when you come out of school. You have to build that clientele. You have to... The trust. Yeah, and then you have to give good haircuts. Because if you give a shitty haircut, one shitty haircut, they'll go tell somebody else. And then it just... That's how a ball starts rolling. They're like, yeah. oh, don't go to Weech because he gave a bad haircut. Ever since Weech has cut my hair, I've never complained about it. Not once. Every well, haircut has friend, been... So you can't complain. Either. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. No. I all the time, but this part right here. But here's the thing, too, is people, you're exactly right. People think they're going to go to school and end up where we're at. Just yeah. like sometimes people in our generation look at what their parents have yeah. and think that they're going to get it right out of school, and that's not it. Only out of the people going to school right now, only one in five will make it in the hair industry. Yeah. One out of every five will be cutting hair a year after they graduate school. Yeah. So So it's And those are real stats. You can look them up online. Yeah, and that's why I was glad you guys came on like I mentioned earlier because or even future guests so they can see everyone's struggle. It it it's a lot of work. So if you're not willing to put in the work and you want to be comfortable at your 9 to 5. Yeah. Cool. Do that. There's nothing wrong with 9 to 5s. But if you want something like this, like your own shop, your own business, your own brand, whatever the case may be, it's going to take a lot of work. Like, no one tells me to do this podcast. I just sit here and do it because I like to share people's story. Yeah. And the response has been, holy shit. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, people messaging me that I don't know. They're like, hey, I love that one with Angelica and uh, I should bring on su- such and such. I'm like, oh, well, give me their information. Like, we'll see what we can do. So. Yeah. The other thing is find yourself a mentor. Oh, yeah. Troy. Everybody needs a good mentor. Mm-hmm. He, he didn't even sign up for it, but he's he's been one of the best mentors. Like, yeah. He gives you, like you said, his feeling, which is 99.9% right most of the time. Yeah, and the, the thing is, is like I said, most of the time I don't know a lot about the subject, but I do know, I, I mean, I do like to read a lot. And just in a lot of the reading that I've done, it's a lot of the stuff that I've read says, you know, it's okay not to know stuff about you know it's it or it's okay not to know be a genius about something but know where to get the information to know about that Mm -hmm. and that's one thing that i feel like i do know is if i don't know something i know where to go yeah to get that information for to know what i need to know in that situation uh i did um actually someone just uh another barber asked me this the other day is if you had the knowledge you know now and you could go back and change one thing that was just such a pain, like what would it have been like to make it a lot, I guess, fluid and easier? 
That's a hard question. I didn't even know how to answer it either. To me, I'll I'll just answer this for me personally. I think that you need every little thing that comes along the way. Because I think those little things, the the struggles, the there's not an easy route to me. Mm. Like everything that happened, like n- not having money to go to school, um, you know, maybe not being okay with the same con like the concept of graffiti, all that stuff. You just it's it's what forms what I think it's what it what it's what creates. The, uh, the result mm-hmm. all the little bits and pieces like like when you put a puzzle together you can't just put one massive piece together because then that's boring yeah you have to get every little piece you have to flip them over you have to align them and every that's what makes the whole thing fun it takes mm-hmm. you many hours many days maybe to complete it but at the end you're like wow like this was cool. Like this took X amount of days and look, we did it. Mm-hmm. Without each one of those little pieces, like one mass one big piece just it's done. That's kind of boring to yeah. me. Mm-hmm. No, and and it's funny uh you went from cutting hair and now you're showing other shops. I, I know you recently went and showcased how to do a was it a low low pay? Yeah. Low skin pay. Mm-hmm. And now you're to that point where you're teaching other barbers. Um yeah. What advice would you give to like upcoming like cosmetologists or barbers to make it? Um, I would say be patient. Set your expectations realistically. Have your goals and, and your dreams and that's something else. But be patient and break down those goals. If I want to make X amount a month, divide that by the days amount uh, the days in a month. Divide that by the amount of haircuts you need to do to make that amount. And that's your goal. Two haircuts a day. That's your goal. Mm-hmm. You hit it that month. The next month, that's three haircuts a day. Mm-hmm. That's how you get paid. That's how you get raises. You can't go into any form of shop and expect them pro- to provide a clientele. Mm-hmm. You've got to not only prove yourself on your skill level, but also on your consistency and your knowledge and all of that. I think going back again to the mentorship, and that's how we run our shop. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people that we've hired are kind of turned off by that. Like my girls work with me for six months Mm -hmm. on all of my clients before they start doing their own clients. The guys work under Troy for three months. Um, And it's not because we're trying to get rich off of you, Mm because we're not going to get rich off you in six months. It's because if I had had a mentor to show me the fundamentals that you don't learn in school, it wouldn't have taken me 10 years to get to where I'm at now. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. We're, we're trying to help you. We're not. It's not about money. Yeah. It's not. It's about helping people. Like, we've actually found another joint passion that we have, and that's helping other people succeed. Yeah. So find yourself a mentor, set your goals, be specific, and be realistic. Would you say it's something similar, Troy, for barbers? Yeah, to me, it it comes down to two simple things. It's know that there's a process to everything. Okay, respect the process. Okay, part of the process, unfortunately, has to be to be at the shop even though you don't have an appointment. Okay, 
stay till six even though you're not booked till six okay there's a process to everything you do okay second of all it would be which is huge for me um it's about money but it's not about money okay when you start chasing money money starts running okay but when you um find a way for money to chase you the money's gonna come okay once you create value in yourself as you've probably already seen scarface yes you're creating value and guess what it's not that hard to go make that money anymore now you don't have to be the riddle the little rascal saying hey we need your money <laughs> <laughs> now they're coming to you. people are coming to you mm -hmm. because you have created something that's valuable to them okay so it's a lot easier to make the money when you have created something that's valuable um so it's just those two things respect the process and it's about money but it's not about money yeah and, and i value. feel you i feel like what you guys said can relate to a lot of things you know what i mean like whatever you're trying to get into like if it's not cosmetology or barber um yeah it's universal yeah. it's universal to everything like you have to put in the time to work you have to be patient don't expect it to happen overnight yeah. it was until you guys' 10th year that you guys got the new building you know you guys were grinding it out at the old building yeah so yeah i think a lot of people make and make their choices based on like, oh, if I go and become a doctor, I'm gonna be rich. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, go right ahead. You're probably gonna. You probably is true. You're probably gonna get rich, but are you gonna be happy? Yeah. Absolutely. In the process, you know. So. And I think that's our end goal, because there's a lot of adults that you find making the money. They have the house. They have the wife and kids. They have this, but. Happiness is the end goal. Yeah. And I've I've had this discussion with family members because we have differing views on uh, politics, religion, like big things. Yeah. And I just said, you know what? When my kids grow up, I hope that I can base how proud I am of them off of how happy their choices have made them. Mm -hmm. If having a tattoo sleeve makes my son happy, I'm proud of him. Yeah. If having like working in a car wash makes him honestly happy i'm gonna be proud of him mm -hmm. but you cannot be making bad choices in your life and be happy yeah you can't a short term yeah yeah but long term those bad choices are gonna drag you down so it's like that's the end goal in life yeah. is to be a happy person oh yeah so and i've been happy ever since i've started doing this which is crazy how it all came together right yeah but yeah. look at us now <laughs> yep. well i want to thank you guys for coming on your guys' story has been great you guys i learned new things today about you guys that you know uh, about you guys and the the process it took to open graffiti or even to get graffiti where it's at right now and i'm glad others got to hear it especially up-and-coming barbers that are coming out of school is if you if you guys need help troy is always there to help out he's not he'll tell you the truth <laughs> he's not going to sugarcoat it. He's not going to tell you what you what you want to hear. He's going to yep. tell you the truth. Yeah. Like, so if like if you want to make it, Troy, Weech, Cosmetology, Brandy. Again, I want to thank you guys for coming on. You guys have been amazing. Great story. Thanks for having us. It and, means a lot that you invited us on here. Oh yeah, most definitely. You guys, so. you guys are a huge inspiration to me. Uh, I know I, I don't tell you guys, but um, a lot of the stuff that 
has happened here is because you guys pushed me to do it. So, you know, you guys were in heavily involved, even though you guys didn't know. <laughs> awesome. All right. Thanks. So I want to thank you guys for coming on and we'll see you guys on the next episode. See you guys. Later. Later. Say bye, Troy. Later. <laughs> <laughs>